Hi, good evening, everyone. I am one minute late. Uh, and uh, two minutes late. So pardon my tardiness. So, uh, I will start it off as my co-hosts are coming on. Uh, good evening, everybody. This is RV Podcast, and I would just like to welcome our listeners. This podcast is sponsored by a Perfect Pop, Perfect Piece of the Puzzle, and... And here goes one of my co-hosts coming in. Two co-hosts in. One more coming. Um, so as I was saying, uh, last co-host. Is, oh, that would be helpful if I had my. <laughs> would be great. I had the microphone <laughs> on. Fantastic. <laughs> So let me start again. Uh, welcome to. Uh, can you guys hear me? Oh, yes, we can hear you. Perfect. Um, I made a boo boo. <laughs> You're still human. And um, didn't turn my microphone on. <laughs> so people on live <laughs> can hear me, but you guys couldn't. So I had started out by saying welcome to our listeners. Um, this podcast is sponsored by Perfect Pieces of the Puzzle. Know that the opinions on this podcast are solely the opinion of the co-host and not of Perfect Pieces of the Puzzle, Citywide Council on Special Education, or Parent to Parent of New York State. And I have three wonderful co-hosts. I have Ellen McHugh. I have Gloria Corsino, and I have Maria Liriano. Um, at this point, you should all know us, <laughs> know our, our <laughs> stories and our children, so let's not get into that. Um, if you would like to know more about us, go back to our Mother's Love episode, and you'll hear about our backstory, and there will be a part two of Mother's Love Um uh, in regards to my story, Trisha Bermudez and Gloria Cortino. Now, the purpose of this podcast, as well as every other podcast, is to provide a relatable voice to parents of children with disabilities. It is to include information and direct contact with persons at the D Department of Education, which is the DOE, for support regarding special education or related service and or related services in New York City, as well as providing entertainment to the masses. And tonight's episode, um, tonight's episode, tonight's topic will be um, based on summer school, which is some know it as the 12 month program, extended school year, or chapter 683. And so we just got news that summer school is on for everybody. Um, and it goes based on the varying criteria. But for our demographic, we have summer school starting July 1st. Um, July 2nd. July 2nd? July 2nd. Yes. Sorry, audience members. July 2nd. Um, That's with, what I heard. I thought it was the first. Uh, I'll have to pull that up and verify. We will be posting it on Perfect Piece of the Puzzle page under the podcast where there's additional resources. 
Um, with the news of remote learning continuing through the summer, do you plan on moving forward or opting out? How are you envisioning or reimagining the summer plan? Um, let's start with Maria. Yay, so nice of you. <laughs> um, <laughs> how, okay, so there's several parts to this. Um, there's the related services part and there's, you know, the gen ed part. Um, I don't want my son to fall behind. Um, I do have lots of concerns regarding any kind of teletherapy, especially since um, he's in District 10 and his school doesn't offer the 12 month program. So it has been difficult enough for him to follow along without having to be redirected um, when we're doing teletherapy with the therapist that he knows that that he has known for some years now. Um, uh, usually uh, summer school is a little harder for him. He has to get to know new therapists, but he sees them in person and, um, you know, sort of builds that connection in person. So I don't know how that's going to work now with strangers trying to guide him um, through therapy. Uh, so we will see about that. I mean, I am perfectly capable of uh, figuring out a schedule where he can certainly have summer school. Now, the other part of that is, is it realistic? And how is it going to affect my home life? Because clearly, because uh, he, he is not the only child that I have, and there's many things going on at home uh, in addition to his remote therapy. So it's hard. It's a it's a it's a tough choice. Um, you know, the the home is usually where my son comes to decompress after his day of school. So I don't want to make it an environment um, where he, you know, is unhappy and doesn't want to comply and then doesn't want to comply with anything, you know, even, you know, uh, outside of, um, outside of remote learning. Um, so the jury's still out. <laughs> I have yet to um, to decide what is the best. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure. You know, there there was talk about you know how some of the some of um, summer school will be pre recorded lessons. Uh, we were assured that um, that was being looked into um, because we all know that our children were. I mean. You know, we can barely follow along now um, with teletherapy and to have pre-recorded lessons would just be impossible. Um, so we're still figuring it out. That's uh, that's where I'm at right now. Gloria? Um, you know, as we have done since they started school, um, I'm going to follow what has been routine, um, trying to continue to try to engage them, not that they are willing participants at this stage of the game. Um, I, I also decided that I think I'm gonna rent a yellow car once a week um, during the summer session, just so that um, I can actually drive him around thinking that he's going on a school bus, because it's yellow. Um, so wish me luck trying to find a yellow car. Um, <laughs> That being said, um, I am, I, I just decided that I'm going to take one day at a time because it is just so overwhelming to try to even think of, you know, we're, while we're still in this session to even fathom what summer school is going to look like when this has looked like utter chaos. Um, so I can only imagine that with heat and no, no, uh, no brick and mortar building, it's going to pretty much look the same, you know, 
um, for lack of a better word. We're, well, the FCC is not going to violate us. You know, it's going to look like a shit show, um, for lack of a, for lack of a better choice of words. It's going to be a shit show. So we'll see how. But you know, I am definitely going to. Um, his teachers were assigned to, at least in my school, my principal kept my teachers, even if they didn't work uh, summer school prior, my principal decided that, uh, that they were going to keep the teachers with the students if they were willing to work the summer. Um, so, which was a great thing. Um, and I'm going to tell a little tale which made my life um, it soothed my heart the other day. My son's, um, my son's classroom para, his one-to-one para, said to me, I would really like to see Alex. Um, I miss him. Is it okay if I swing by? And he came, mask and all, and he, you could see the tears welling in his eyes when he saw my son. And it was just amazing that he was like, you know, I love this little boy. And it's hard not to love them when you work with them so directly. So that was soothing to my heart after my, um, my breakdown on Thursday. Um, it was great to, to see that, you know, people generally do care about our kids. Um, I know that I've had, and I've said this before, I have had an amazing journey. I have met amazing teachers and therapists. Um, my children's speech therapists are still friends with me from elementary school. So, and my boys are 20 and 19. So that was a soothing, you know, moment for my life on Friday. I just wanted to share a good thing. That's great. No, that's great. Awesome. Can I ask a question? Sure. Maria, did they tell you already you wouldn't have the same therapist this summer? Well, so his school doesn't offer a 12-month program. So it's it, um, other years it was um, whichever school was closest to me uh, within the district. But does the do the therapists work over the summer? Do you know? Um, I don't think so. I, I did. I did. Um, un- unfortunately, I did find out that his speech therapist, who has probably been the best speech therapist that he's ever had his entire life, is moving out of state. So she will no longer be with him um, even next year. So that's unfortunate. But um, I don't know. I have to I, I have to find out. But I'm, I'm not. I don't expect for him to keep the same therapist because that's that really wasn't the protocol last year. The interesting thing is that District 75 or Chapter 683 or summer school is a mandate for the other children who are in who have IEPs. Extended school year has to be on the IEP mm-hmm. or else they don't get it and with extended school year you get access to the school you don't have speech and language you don't have physical therapy or any of the other resources that you would normally have during the school year so to my mind if the doe was really putting this together to serve 177,000 students there's bound to be a percentage of students who are not District 75 students, who are students with IEP, who need to go to school over the summer, not only because they're struggling, but because there's documentation of regression. And if they mm-hmm. go to school over the summer with no supports and services, or, or a teacher who has uh, some experience with special education, or a uh, class size ratio for ICT or things like that. It's not. It's not something that's well thought out for that child. Just, my son would have needed to use an FM system. Someone else's child would have needed to use a braille writing system. Someone else's child might have 
adaptive equipment, whether it's a prone stander or a, a device. And all of this stuff would have to follow them, but the way the way I'm hearing it now, it's kind of good luck, guys. Cash <laughs> You got 177,000 people coming, age, ranging in a uh, grade from three to eight, and not a heck of a lot of planning for the fact that some of these kids are going to be learning disabled or have attention deficit disorder or might be blind or deaf. Mm -hmm. So if they haven't planned out for this, if nobody's telling us anything about it, how appropriate, using the legal words, will it actually be? And it isn't, isn't this always a frustration, though? Nothing is planned out thoroughly. It's like, all right, school's going to continue. And for you guys, too, uh, okay. And what are the specifics? What are the details? What? How? It's like one of our CCSE members has a young child with autism. And she's also a, a frontline worker. She took her son to the rec center to find out that there was no support for anybody who had autism. And she had to go to another rec center to find the support. It's both. Yeah, it's sad. No, it's, it's not an easy. I mean, it's not an easy sell, no matter how you slice it, to go from the standard of about 60 or 65,000 kids going to summer school, now going to 177. But We've all heard stories about kids with IEPs in general ed who are doing okay. We're not talking about kids who were doing 100 or A's or whatever you want to call it. They're doing okay. Who have hit the skids because of the lack of stability and the lack of personal contact. And not for nothing, I don't get it. How is a District 75 teacher going to teach a class of six to one to one over the summer if they follow their standard operating procedure, which is to have they get back one standard nine. day? Mm -hmm. I, I, it's unfortunate that they did not ask parents to be involved in developing some of these procedures. Mm -hmm. uh, they consulted with staff, which is really super important. I'm not saying it isn't. But when you're on the other side of that monitor or device, you have a very different picture about what's going on in your home, as well as the effectiveness as much as they try, and I believe they try, of the online learning. God, this is depressing. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> it was a prayer. It wasn't a way. It was a prayer. I'm hoping somewhere along the line, God well, you are some light. You are speaking truth to power. That's what it is, Ellen. You are just painting it for the picture that is reality, um, that many parents may not be able to define. And that's the truth. We've heard some stories, both at CCSE meetings and in our own travels between and among ourselves and schools, of parents who have another language background. It's not, it could be Asian, it could be Southeast Asian, you could be Spanish, you could be French, and they're they're not feeling they're not feeling the love. <laughs> they're kind of they're kind of cut off, you know. It, it, well, this is this is beyond isolation. That's what it is. <laughs> well, heaven help us. I mean, that should be the name of our podcast: Beyond Isolation. Heaven Right. Beyond isolation. Heaven help us beyond isolation. Got it. You hear that, folks? <laughs> Nobody does well alone. 
I'll tell you the fact that too many people are alone. It's a, it's a subject and it's a controversial subject in this country about isolation, the lack of large extended families, the lack of uh, access to support services, the unwillingness to admit you need support services. And then the reality of it is your coverage cover the support service you need. Yeah. Yeah. So where it's hard to listen to. I mean, mm-hmm. how about you, Trish? How are you going to handle summer school? I'm still on the fence. I mean, I'm still debating whether we're going to drop out for the summer or we're going <laughs> to chug along or do half. We're going to do only therapies and they can stop contacting me through um, Google Classroom. Like, we're not going to participate. <laughs> You're going to go on strike? I'm going to go on strike. I got two jobs and a nonprofit. And I'm doing this whole boat, you know, dog and pony show solo. I get it's, it's, it doesn't work. It, it's not work. Right now, I'm stressed out. Okay. I got two jobs and two commitments. Like, and I have things to do for these jobs that I can't, like, I'm just so exhausted. And I'm like, all right, so I'll just, you know, either work late, which isn't realistic, because then at the end of the day, I still have to get up and do, you know, work and Mm -hmm. therapies with him. And I have to be able to function to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. And then if I say I'll get up early, then I'll be exhausted to do all of that stuff. There's no me tapping out, you know, tagging nobody in like, this is a lot. And I can only imagine for parents that have multiple children doing remote learning um, or having multiple children with varying um, disabilities having to work with all of them because do doing therapy with all kids that necessarily cannot do it on their own is, is, is scary and terrifying and um, it's hard to think that um, parents are being forgotten in the conversation of this whole idea of, of moving forward with remote learning. Like, how do you, how do you manage? Why, why are I think people a lot of decisions that, that don't have children with disabilities that are not in, in the meat of this thing and, and doing physical activities with kids and, having to find the the equipment and and coming up with innovative ways of doing things in your home because it, it's it's a different space and then it's a lot it just doesn't it doesn't seem right i mean not that i have a, a whole host of resolutions but i mean this can't be the end of it like this can't be it i think that I hope that before the summer school starts, that they'll reach out to families in more than a perfunctory way. You know that there are town halls going on all next week, um, talking about admissions policies for junior high and high school. But some of them are just going to devolve into what do I do? Where do I go? How do I, how do I live with this child, this need, this level of intensity, and still wash, you know, wash the floors, dry the clothes, go to work, shop for milk, take care of my mother, look after my father, watch my aunt who lives down the block. And keep my son or my daughter interested. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I've been having part of it too. It's it's having to to do all of those things because I mean, somebody is asking how many hours do you homeschool, right? So <laughs> I, I 
<laughs> I created I 24. Created, 24. Exactly. I, if you're a mom. <laughs> I created this very um interesting. <laughs> interesting chart of saying, okay, these are the hours I'll be working on this stuff. So it's nine o'clock in the morning for for five days a week. We're Trisha, to- before you go anywhere, Trisha, somebody's got their microphone right up against their chest. I can hear your heartbeat. Oh, sorry. No, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Again, me doing a million and one things. So because I have an awesome nonprofit, right, I've got two phones. So one phone is ringing, <laughs> which is right next to the microphone. And that's actually the, the pop phone. So somebody was calling me for some purpose um, at this hour of night for a perfect piece of the puzzle. So I guess uh, that was what you were hearing buzzing in your ear. I'm sorry, everyone. That's all right. You know, if you you weren't talking, I was going to tell you to mute your phone. Well, I mean, I am on the Facebook Live, which is the... I know, that's what I said. If if you weren't talking, I was going to tell you to mute your phone. Yeah. And I would have... You know what? I would have plugged out my mic. (laughs) I'd have plugged out my mic. The nice part is to hear your heart beating, obviously. I'm alive on this end of the phone. Um, but I, like I was saying, my my chart for my day is nine o'clock for half an hour for five days a week is when the time slot I have to do classwork. Um, then it kind of fluctuates times after that because of the therapy time. You know, some days it's 10 o'clock we start and some one day it's at 9.40 we start. And then um, the next time slot for our 30 minute break of of doing classwork is at 11 um, for half an hour. And then the last time slot for for four days a week is at one. And the, the one o'clock one is a little bit like if we can make it at one, but then in between all of that, I'm making breakfast, lunch, snack, trying to clean the mess that he's made in between therapy sessions to prepare for the next therapy session. And I, I don't know. It's just not a, I try to do an hour and a half. <laughs> But then I was like, by two o'clock, I'm exhausted. He now wants to go outside to play at this night or run the streets like he's got somewhere to go. And then, um, you know, I'm tapped out at that point because I'm physically drained like I worked out all day because of the, the physical therapy and the occupational therapy I'm fighting with him to do. So... How many Sorry, hours? There's a lot of noise in the background. It's hard to hear you. This is this is the life of of uh, of moms. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some comments. Oh no! Hold on. We have one more question, and that is between: Do you think this decision will have a positive or negative? effect on your child or children's future and we'll start with Maria so I mean I don't know if I am the only one I'm actually I'm, I'm, I'm pretty positive that I am not the only parent who has thought this but I'm seriously um, considering uh, having my son repeat the grade um, it is a tough decision to make um, because he's done so well and he does, he, you know, he's done all his work. He hasn't missed anything. You know, he's been very good with his therapy, but the regression is still real. And, you know, he was, is one of those children who was supposed to be graduating this year to junior high school. And, I don't think that he is prepared. And um, so it, 
it will be interesting to see, you know, how many parents feel the same way um, and have to uh, speak to the, to your, your child's teachers and therapists regarding it. Um, so I don't, I guess that would be a negative impact. Um, but I want to stay positive about it because if it's what's best for him, then it's what's best for him. Uh, so again, the, you know, there has to be a balance and, you know, I don't want him to regress even more. I, I, I do think that his, um, related services are more essential right now. Um, but I don't know how much progress we're going to have with complete strangers. So we'll see. We'll, we will figure it out, whether it's negative or positive. We'll see. Uh, Gloria. Same thing I said before. Well, yeah, you said a lot before. Uh... Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? I am next. I'll do next. There you go. Uh, I I don't know. Time will tell. Because I, I I mean, listen, there's been there's been positive so far. Because I mean, with physical therapy, I see my if if everybody had listened to the podcast maybe like two two episodes ago, um. I said how I, I came up with a plan of, of coming with this consistency with the therapist on what we're going to do. And I think we're now in going heading into week three of that plan and I'm seeing progress with it. So um, for that, I'm seeing the upside of things and how it's working and we're actually stepping up in certain areas. Uh, the rest of it, time will tell. I mean, I'm still coming up and reinventing ideas on how to, um, on, and how to, uh, make this all work and make sense for, for my world. But I mean, time will tell. I don't know. I don't know. So far, so good. I mean, he's gained weight. He's saying more words. The words are coming out clearer. I mean, I guess whatever I'm doing is working. It's not, and it's clearly not based on the plans that are set in place by uh, the, the administration, the teachers and all of them. <laughs> That's right, girl. Go ahead. You take all that credit for it because you've been working your butt off. <laughs> I've been, listen, I've been working hard. Mental breakdown right. and all, but mm -hmm. I mean, that so far that that's what's that's what's been working and that's kind of what I'm I'm gonna stick to. But uh uh Ellen, what's your overall yes. perspective on on how you see the this all playing out for the masses? Well, for the masses, I think you're gonna have to sing a lot of hymns. But the <laughs> other part <laughs> Yeah, the other part is, well, there's two parts to this. One is there's absolutely no proof that holding a, a student back is good for them academically or emotionally. I know you don't want to hear that, Maria, but well, the, all of the see, research. I know my son best, so the research doesn't really tell me anything. You know, just like people say that you know, that there's no proof about, like, vaccination and autism. Like, yeah, that that's fine. Like, the research may not agree, but the research does not know my son the way that I know my son and doesn't know how prepared he needs to be for the next step. So that's, you know. And, and that's, you know, that's your right to say. Yeah, yeah. Maybe even your obligation Yeah, to say it in this case. The other part is, without the voice of the parents, all of, so much of this is just conjecture. And the teachers know it as well, because they know that in this different world, it's going to depend a great deal on whether or not the people, folks at home 
can help. And if the folks at home are feeling frazzled or frustrated or mm -hmm. feeling that they don't have the skills, it's going to create a lot of stress. Plus, not for nothing, it's summertime. It's hot. It's not, you know, it's, it's not going to be conducive to staying home. People want to get out. The kids want to get out. Even, mm -hmm. um, even you saying, you know, he, he wants to go for a walk or, or somebody said before, running the streets. They're not running the streets. They're just <sighs> joyful at being out. You, know, you can see that in a kid, especially. I think adults lose it. That joy of taking a run, of being totally footloose and fancy free, of having no obligations. And yet here you're going to be as the parent pulling them back in to uh, struggle that they may not be willing to take part in. I don't know who it was but said it, but you know, there may be some of these kids may be developmentally delayed, but they ain't stupid. They know what their schedule is like. They know how things are different in the summertime, whether it's a yellow bus or a big bus, mm -hmm. or I walk to school. It's not a question. Somewhere deep inside that person, there's an individual. I know it sounds corny, yelling to get out or to be there or to make you love him or her. So, I mean, somebody somewhere along the way is going to say, nope, I'm done, finished, been there, done that, I've had it. And how will the, you know, we've all heard stories about parents being reported to ACS for non-attendance. How will that play out with a teacher who has the best of intentions but is as frustrated just as we are because we didn't have the chance to talk? I, I mean, personally, I don't think people should work. I think people should work four days and they should work an abbreviated day, maybe four hours. Legally, the District 75 program is five days, six and a half hours. How in God's name are you going to carry that through when you've got struggles going on at home and it's not struggles that people don't want to do this they mm -hmm. want to do this very much mm -hmm. but one-on-one -on -one tutoring one-on-one -on -one therapy one-on-one -on -one emotional support you know as Mel Brooks said I didn't go to school for that <laughs> I didn't get the book mm -hmm. for that mm -hmm. they handed me this baby and said, take him home and love him. And, you know, that didn't mean that they handed me the baby with the book. Very true. Let me read some of the comments that have come in. Um, there's something from Isilia. Hey, Isilia. She says, uh, they preach about the equality for women and being sensitive but they fail to realize that it, it is women who are in charge of the education component. We also have another comment from e -E -E, Flow Show. Uh, the contemplation of, ex Ooh, losing it, losing it. The contemplation of extended remote learning through the summer for parents who also work without reassessment of how teachers are teaching remotely, why are there no one-on-one -on -one instruction? She continues to say, it is one thing to do this for one or two months. It's a whole different thing to do this all the way for, for months. Mm -hmm. um, Isaiah continues to say also, and I'm trying to get my son into summer school for ELA. It's hard. Uh, Isaiah says it's, it's very hard and the teachers are disagreeing with her. <sighs> that sucks. Uh, Flow Show says, how are the children doing with the isolation from their classmates and teachers? Do you see a noticeable difference? And is it directly related to the absence of the classroom setting? I think that's a good one for us to, to answer. 
um, I guess I can start with uh, Matt has off and on asked for the school bus to go to school. Um, but he, he, I don't, I don't know if he, <laughs> I don't know if he really misses the classroom setting, but I, I know he misses the, um, you know, his ride on the school bus, knowing that he goes on a school bus every morning. And he, I, I know he likes or loved his driver actually with who I need to get in contact with. Clearly there's remote learning and we'll never see him again, at least for hopefully maybe September, but who knows? Um, but I mean, for, for Matt, he doesn't really recognize or see, or it, I don't know if he's really impacted by it because he's, um, he's not, he's, he does what is it? What is it called? Parallel play. So it, 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 you know, he doesn't really he play by himself or play with other people, but it doesn't really like. He doesn't really play with other people or other children like that. Um, so I don't think he's really phased by it because even when we do, um, like sometimes we'll do videos with the class and all his other classmates get on, but. He's not really phased by it. Um, so I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't see him being really impacted by it. I know he misses um the bus and the idea of going to school, but I don't know if he really misses the actual in class school. If that makes sense. But I would say to you that when he says to you, where is the bus? Or when he does do parallel play, that's a developmental stage. Kids, and it's a learning stage. What? The children learn then how to go from, you know, just standing next to a kid playing to being part of it. And that's a great thing to hear about Matt, that he's at that stage or he's trying that. Yeah. It's terrific. Yeah. And I think it shows a lot of growth for a little guy like Matt. So maybe it's not, you know, maybe it's not age appropriate. No. <laughs> but, but you know. Yeah. He, that's, that's what he does. I'm not, that's what he does. At least, hey, at least he'll play next to another kid. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, but it's important. Uh, I don't know, Maria. You wanted one input. I mean, you know, Jackson is. Uh, he is. You suggest coming home and staying in his room and closing the door and telling me to get out. So I don't know if that's because he's going to be 12 soon or because he has autism or because he just can't stand me right now. So I'm, I'm going to say all three. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, look, he's used to isolating himself. So he hates having to uh, go on a call with his classmates. He's really not interested. He, he well, I don't want to say that he's not interested, but it does give him anxiety. And it didn't give him anxiety when he was, um, when he was um, in school. So, uh, yeah, I mean. He, at home, he's he's. He, I give him his space because I know that he's always that that he was always in school, and um, you know, being prompted to communicate and to and to be social, and so you know, that's sort of this is sort of his getaway from that, and he has just been doing that, staying in his room. Not wanting mommy to bother him. 
that's not terribly uncommon. No, it's not uncommon, especially for his age. <laughs> it's not funny, but it's not uncommon. And in a way, it's something to be grateful for. Like again, going through some some of the stages everybody else's child goes through. Mm-hmm. Our kids aren't that different. They go mm-hmm. through stages. Mm-hmm. They yeah. Go through I mean, growth yeah. yeah, look, I mean, Jackson, you know, this this is uh last year was the first year that he actually had his own room, so that's why he lives there now. <laughs> he had to share he had to share a room with mommy, you know, for the first ten years of his life. So now he's now he had enough uh, of mom. Had enough, yeah. So I give him a space. <laughs> Think how important that is. Just mm-hmm. the idea that he can manage his own space. Mm-hmm. I yeah. hope you're telling. Mm-hmm. I hope you're telling the therapist about that. Oh, they know. They know his whole life. They 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 are very involved. So, which I am grateful for. Um, but there are children who are suffering, um, you know, who are becoming depressed and, you know, are sad and, you know, that's, uh, on top of remote learning to have to add that to a parent's plate, to a child's plate, you know, the, even their own plate. I mean, it's, I can't imagine how hard that you is. You don't know how they're burying it. Yeah, exactly. God, we're a depressing <laughs> We'd make know, hyenas cry. We'd make they- hyenas cry. Good God. <laughs> Just wrapping up the last few comments. Um, do, 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 do. Yeah, there's there's definitely depression getting worse and boredom and sadness amongst our kids. Um, the question is being asked, so what plans are in place to deal with this residual F effect? Uh, yeah, what plan? There's no plan. Plans are out the window at this point. Uh, I mean, the effects of depression... There's- Boredom, these are very real effects, and it must be so hard for some children to express. It's hard for adults to express it. Of course. Imagine a six-year-old or an eight-year-old. There's an organization called Vibrant New York. You might want to look up. They they do a lot of uh, social-emotional The acronym is SEL, Social and Emotional Learning. Being where I come from, I really didn't have to do a whole lot of learning. I think it was an eight. I I had social and emotional outbursts, social and emotional adjustments, social and emotional triumphs all my life. It just took me a long time to realize that they were triumphs. Um, do, 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 do. We have we have uh, Drim, who is a, a teacher in Brazil, and um, Drim wanted to call in, but we're we're at our like brim to wrap up. So I invited Drim to come and chat with us next week because of our topic that we have planned is on teachers. Um, and I'll tell everybody the topic. The perspective topic, blah blah blah, <laughs> at the end. <laughs> um, but thank you, Drim, for for tuning in from Brazil. That's awesome. Would love. We can't wait to hear what you guys do in Brazil and how you're mapping this yeah. whole experience out. Um, we have Azalea coming in. She wants to say a quick thing about Azalea is also on the Citywide Council uh, Special Education Board, and he's called in before with us. One second, Azalea. Just want to map out through these questions real quick. Sure, um, sure. Thank you. May Maycon. I hope I said that right. 
or my pen. Uh, he said, let me ask you, do you think students are prepared to study at home? I highly doubt no. Um, yep, yep, yep. Uh, uh, Mikan says, because uh, he, he has little ones at home and they're so lazy. He <laughs> said, I have to contact their parents all the time. It's so hard. Yes, <laughs> they're at home. They're at home life, and uh, they would rather not. Um, quick from Connor's place, just wrapping up Facebook Live. Connor's place says it's not all about the school curriculum. When you homeschool, you now have to think outside the box for your child and how you do things for yourself. Very true, Connor's place. And this is why I came up with my own schedule. And the schedule is not, um, it's flexible. Depends on how I feel that day. Because I'm exhausted. Um, <laughs> so quick, Isaiah, thank you, thank you for calling in and wanting to share. Because it's not always just about uh, the co-host. It's also about the people out there that we're talking to and, and what they have to say and as well as sharing their experiences. So go ahead, Isaiah, you got the floor. Oh, thank you, thank you. I hope you guys can hear me okay. Uh, it's just actually a funny thing. I was reading a book about the gift of dyslexia because my girl is dyslexic. My son has ADHD and, and um, autism and my daughter has ADHD and dyslexia and I'm reading a book and it's called the gift of dyslexia and she looked at me and she goes mom what exactly is the gift because I have yet to receive it <laughs> out of the mouths of babe <laughs> and right. I said and I was like I don't know <laughs> that's awesome so before Isaiah has started it off, Isaiah gave us the one aha moment. Um, Maria, aha, funny, good moment from last week. Funny moment. Actually, the uh, funny moment happened today. So, you know, Jackson has been caught up in his room. And um, one of his uh, stepbrothers has been over this weekend. I don't like using step. I, I, I prefer saying bonus, bonus child. Um, so he's five and he's typically functioning and he's hilarious. And um, so he goes into Jackson's room and Jackson's telling him, no, 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 get out, get out, get out. And he's like, no, Jackson, we are going to play together, please. <laughs> and so Jackson let him stay. Um, and they've been sort of, you know, doing that parallel play. But Eventually, they they found the common ground in throwing something that drove me crazy, but I just let it ride because you know Jackson doesn't have much interaction with other children anyway. Um, but it was really a very sweet, very cute moment. <laughs> uh, so I I have been. Pretty much uh, on the longest, I call it the longest timeout ever. And um, keeping away from other people and their cooties as best as possible. Um, but <laughs> I, Who I says was, cooties anymore? <laughs> clearly, I do. <laughs> uh, but I, I was open to receiving help a little bit. Um with the green assault that it is from um, Matthew's dad. And I was able to sleep till 10 o'clock on Saturday. Yes. Um, but the, the, the great moment was to see the light in Matt's face when he saw his dad. It was like Christmas Day opening presents and he was just you know I almost cried because I was like geez Louise this kid like 
You would think that he doesn't talk to him ever and doesn't, you know, video chat with him, but the way he just lit up and I was like, I guess this is what he needed and, you know, of course, what I also needed, but um, Mm -hmm. nice, you know, this this whole, uh, you know, the adult version of Time Out is very annoying. (laughs) Um, (laughs) <laughs> very, very, very annoying. I'm over it. I want to go. I want to go to whatever the back is. It's not locked in my house. Um, Ellen, how's that cat? We need to know. Right, the cat, Ellen. <laughs> the cat that the cat. We gotta know. The cat yeah. has. The cat has actually met her match. Uh oh. Yes. My three and a half year old grandson has been here since Friday. Yeah, Friday. And he's having none of her. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> none. And she stands at the door to the bedroom that they share and she hisses at him and he steps right over her. And she is certainly not accepting. She is not accepting of this um, disdain. I guess, since she's the only one that can be disdainful. So there's a lot of... Uh, they circle each other like a pair of strange dogs. And, uh, and, and get past it. Um, I don't know if they've come to any kind of truce at this point, but there's certainly been a, uh, a rude awakening for the, for the cat. And a toughness in the infant. Well, he's not an infant, and the three-year-old, I never expected. <laughs> He'll do well in Brooklyn on the streets if they ever let him out of the house. <laughs> Good fan. Uh, Gloria bugged off. Yeah, she fell off. Um, da, 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 da. This has been a very uh, enlightening conversation tonight with this whole extended school year, summer school, chapter 683, 12-month program thing going on. Um, I would like to thank our listeners. I'm super excited to have Drim on and listening to us because I think it's super cool to hear from other countries and what they're experiencing um, and how they're getting through. Because you have to remember, New York was kind of like after every, well, we are in New York, um, but the United States has been at the tail end of the whole pandemic lockdown thing. So it's interesting and I like to watch it to see how other countries that were before us that had been in lockdown and how they're coming out of it and what they're doing in terms of education and and what they're doing for their students. Um, So with that being said, Next week's episode is going to be on the teachers. And I follow several um, uh, social media groups. And one question that was posed was asking teachers what they would need in order to go back. And I thought that was fitting. I know we talk about talk about we talk about ourselves and our children, um, and what we need in remote learning. Um, but there's some awesome teachers out there that definitely need our support. Um, how can we be as effective parents in supporting them? And what does that look like? So next week's episode will be on asking, finding out from teachers about what they need. Um, a Google form will be going out probably at the top of the morning, maybe not tonight. Here are some results from the web. <laughs> and to find out what teachers need. And next week, we will have Drim on to find out what what's going on in Brazil. 
with their teachers and how they they're managing and maybe Drim has some tips for us and if we can get on another teacher or even somebody from the UFT to come on and talk to us about what their game plan is and the strategy for their the teachers in the union um let's stay tuned Thank you to my co-hosts for coming on. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, everybody, for your comments and helpful tips. And uh, stay tuned. Until next week, say good night, co-hosts. Good night, co-hosts. <laughs> good night. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Thank you, girls. Be well. Good night.